0: What's the goal of the FNF Coaches Podcast? We want you to learn something. We want you to hear from the best coaches in high school football, and we want you to grab a pen and a piece of paper and jot down notes that help you improve your program. Welcome back to the FNF Coaches Podcast. I'm your host, Dan Guttenplan. The FNF Coaches Podcast is just part of the FNF Coaches platform Visit FNFCoaches.com to see stories about program building, culture, X's and O's, as well as videos with workouts and film breakdown. Subscribe to the NFNF Coaches magazine by clicking the top of the page at FNFCoaches.com. There's a subscribe tab and you can get five magazines delivered to your home or school in 2021 for just $19.95. Also, subscribe to the FNF Coaches Podcast on Spotify, iTunes, TuneIn, or Google Play. We are on all of your preferred platforms. Today's guest is Jeff Conaway, who led the Shiloh Christian football team to an Arkansas State Championship this fall for the first time in his seven years as a head coach. Since his hire in 2014, he has worked to establish a culture that helps players grow in four areas spiritually academically socially and athletically he shared how his discipleship program helps foster a championship culture he also shared how his strength coach has implemented an innovative program that focuses on movement finally he he gave some tips on new technology and apps that helped his program this fall without further ado here's the interview with coach conaway Hey, Coach Conway! thanks for joining the FNF Coaches Podcast.
1: Yeah, thank you. Pleasure to be here.
0: Yeah, we spoke last week and talked about culture building, and I thought you'd make a great guest for the podcast because um, you've done a lot of culture building and a lot of put in a structure that's kind of really worked since your hire in 2014. Uh, you led the Shiloh Christian football team to a state championship this fall, so congratulations on that.
1: Yeah, thank you very much. It was a an incredible year and very fortunate to to be in that game and have a have an opportunity to to bring another one back to Shallow Christian.
0: Right on. Well, going back to your hire uh, in 2014, what was your vision for establishing it 6 or 7 years ago?
1: Well, the vision for establishing the culture was developing champions spiritually, athletically, socially, and uh, academically and um, we really just wanted to put that into as practical ways as we as we possibly could as a staff we wanted to give our guys the resources to become a champion spiritually and academically and socially and athletically and, and and literally give them things that they can look at and in their minds determine if I if I jump in with with all I have and I take these resources, and I apply them to my life, can I and will I be a better follower of Christ? Will I be a better student? Will I be better uh, a better friend? Will I be a better athlete? And and I think if you do that the right way, I think if you apply those resources the right way to, to young people, and they are motivated to jump in and, and actually partake in those resources and they see themselves getting better it might just be a little bit better but they see the the progress I think that's when you've you've developed a culture and so I feel like we've used those four categories and we've tried to fine-tune those categories to meet the end goal of what we wanted our our seniors to look like when they graduate and I really feel like our guys trust that process. And I think they, they've they seen it work. They've seen themselves and their teammates get better in those four areas. And they've seen the rewards that come with getting better in those four areas. And that's what I think culture is. It's, it's, it's their behavior. It's their attitude. It's their desire to achieve a, a, an individual goal and a team goal. And our guys have certainly bought in. Our, our players our program we've got players in our program and parents involved in our program that love the process we feel like it's it's going in the right direction and, and we now now that we've won another championship we can't become complacent we've got to continue to push that um, culture and the players have to drive that culture and um, so it's been it's been a challenge but it's also been very rewarding along the
0: yeah, and I want to get into each of those four kind of pillars of the culture, uh, spiritually, academically, socially, and athletically, and find out the resources that you have in place to uh, help with that, with that culture, establishing that culture. Uh, but first, one of the things you mentioned last week when we spoke um, was that coaches or leaders can sometimes get paralyzed by trying to be perfect with their vision for a program. What did you mean by that?
1: I think sometimes we're we're paralyzed in our attempt to be perfect with it. Maybe we've got a plan, we've got an idea, but maybe uh, not everything of the plan is exactly the way we want it just yet. And sometimes that paralyzes us. Sometimes we're we're fearful of implementing that plan or that vision because we we don't have all the answers yet, or we might not have all of the the holes worked out, and we're afraid of when people see the plan they might shoot holes in it or this might happen and and so it paralyzes us and we don't move on it. and I think what we strive for in our program is we want production over perfection and yes we're we're striving for excellence in all that we do but we can't use that as a reason not to try we can't use that as a reason not to perform and produce and so sometimes that fear of um lack of perfection causes us to be paralyzed and we don't get anything done we want to make sure we avoid that at all cost.
0: yeah and it, last week you had mentioned uh in terms of spiritual growth you had set up a, a discipleship program at shiloh christian you have your coaches go through it and then they lead the players through it how did that come about and what what is the structure for that and what are the, what do you do during the discipleship program
1: it came about from one of our dads, who is in—he's—he's he's a chiropractor, and so he's not a full-time minister by any means, but he definitely is an influencer. And um, the program that we've currently gone through is called the Journey Program, and, and there's—it's not a magical formula; it's—you know—it's not a secret potion. It's—it's it's just a program that teaches you how to. Abide. How to remain? How to spend time with Jesus and allow God's Word to teach you. and it teaches you to rely on the Spirit to teach you through God's Word. And with more time that you spend with Him, the more things you're, you learn. And um, you know, Jesus on His last day on Earth, He said to His disciples, He called them up and He said, "You know, I'm I'm about to leave you, but if you'll do this, this is what will happen." And He said. I'm the vine, you're the branches. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will bear much fruit. But apart from me, you can do nothing. And that's what we're living. That's what we're going through. Apart from that, apart from the source, apart from Jesus, we can't do anything. We can do a lot of fleshly work. But with him, he will produce fruit through us. And we're learning what that means. Um, We're learning how to do that better and better. And I, I really believe our team was given a platform this year to show everybody else just how much fruit God did produce through us because we saw lives changed. We saw relationships improve. We saw, we saw really, we saw a lot of really interesting things that we've never seen before. And it's not by coincidence. It's because we had a team full of coaches and players that were trying to do the right, trying to do the right thing. They were trying to please the Lord and and not necessarily just, themselves or their parents or their coaches or spectators they were trying to honor god with the way they live their lives and the way they play football and that
0: discipleship program it's a nine-month program what does it look like on a daily basis is it a sermon each day that kind of uh, steers the players in a direction or a theme or what what does it look like on a daily basis
1: well it's a combination of um, some some different passages throughout scripture, where you're going to read it, you're going to, um, and we use a star principle, the, the star acronym, the first is scripture, you know, the S in star, you write out the scripture, the T is, you just write out your thoughts, and you know, sometimes we can think things, and but I believe when you open up scripture, and you read it, and you start thinking, you just jot down what your thoughts are. And, and you allow the Holy Spirit to teach you. And I, I really do believe, you know, Scripture tells us the Spirit will teach us. In that moment, you say, God, I don't know what this verse means, <laughs> but but would you reveal to me what this verse means and, and teach me what this means? And so that goes in the thoughts. The A stands for application. And that's where we ask the Holy Spirit, you know, what do I need to do? How does this apply to me? If this passage is for me today, how can I apply it? And then there are is the response. And that's typically where we write out, Hey, here's how I'm going to use this today. This is my prayer. Here's how I'm going to bless somebody today. It's a very simple process. And it's, it's not, like I said, there's nothing magical about it, but um, when, when you get into a habit of doing that, it changes your life. And I've been changed by it. Many of our coaches have been changed by it. Many of our players and even some of our parents. So That in a nutshell is what the journey is about. There's also a a set of curriculum. There's some books to read that are uh, good to just give you some visuals of life and, and some of the lessons that other people have gone through. But I mean, really, it's just getting alone with the Lord and allowing his word to change us.
0: Absolutely. Now, you
1: mentioned this year, it really all clicked and, you know,
0: players were changed and, you know, obviously the state championship was the ultimate reward. um, why do you think it worked so well this year in comparison? I mean, I'm not saying it didn't work in other years, but what was the difference in that it it really helped so many people this year in comparison to other years?
1: Well, we've always been able to talk about spiritual growth. We, you know, we always encourage and we'll pray together as a staff or a team, but we've never truly gone gone through a discipleship plan where we get together once a week for an hour and a half and um, we, we talk about what God has taught us. We talk about maybe some weaknesses that we're going through and, and truly sharpen one another. And we did that in small groups. And I think when you do that and you open yourself up and, and you have that community with other people and you're sharpening each other and you're holding each other accountable and you're encouraging each other throughout the week, Many of our players would call me, text me, and check up on me and share scripture with me or send me a, a song that, that was encouraging to them, and, and you just saw so many of those things taking place, and I really believe it was because we were intentional, we were strategic with the discipleship plan. Uh, we, we, we set aside time to make sure that we did it. And we weren't perfect. There were weeks where we missed that opportunity or we had to reschedule. But I really think God blessed that. And he grew us individually. He grew us as a team. I think when you're on a team and you truly love the person next to you, you're willing to go above and beyond. And we saw that with our players. They were willing to do whatever it took to get better every day, week in, week out. And um, so not to try to over-spiritualize the success that we had, but just putting everything together and then our players going out and truly working hard each and every day and playing for each other, it was it was a lot of fun to watch and, and very rewarding to be a part of.
0: I bet, yeah, it's great when it all comes together like that. In terms of the academic piece of the culture building, what resources do you have in place to support that?
1: We have a – we've got a, a principal, if you will, Um as it relates to their academic performance and they all know this they can recite it most of them but it's it's sitting in front of class listen with your eyes and build positive relationships with your teacher we can go into more depth of what that really means but they know that we're going to check on them they know that we've got a great relationship with the teachers and if a teacher has an issue they know the teacher can email me and if i get an email from from a teacher i'm going to err on the side of the teacher 10 times out of 10, and uh, our boys know that if it gets to that point, they've messed up, and they know the consequence. They're going to push the sled 300 yards. And, uh, they know if if they turn in a bi-monthly grade check, and they have a D or below, or they have a poor behavior grade on that checklist, that they're going to push the sled, and so, you know, we're not trying to set them up for failure we're trying to hold them accountable to to meet the the expectation of what it's like to be a student athlete and and it's not hard it's sit in the front of class listen with your eyes and build positive relationships with your teachers we feel like if they'll if that's the bare minimum that they do every day they're going to learn because we do have great teachers here and if our boys are available and willing to listen they're going to learn. They're going to do fine on their quizzes. They're going to do fine on their tests. They're they're going to have to work for it, and our guys do. We had 19 of our football players had a 4.0 or better in the first semester during football season, and so that's a huge that's a huge deal, and that's hard to do. It's hard to have a 4.0 at Shallow Christian, much less when you, you know, you've had 18 weeks of, of playing or practicing football. So it's, it's definitely a standard and an expectation that we've, we've tried to elevate, and I believe that we've got results that, we're, that we want. Very few of our guys fall through the cracks and, and have D's and F's. It does happen, but they know that there's consequences. And um, if it's something that they just can't improve, we help them. We want to find a tutor. We want to make sure that they can, you know, maybe they miss a lunch meeting with us, and they go and, and they visit with the math teacher. Uh, but just providing those solutions for them to be ultra successful and also providing those solutions for them to get help when they need it.
0: Yeah. And it sounds so simple, you know, as you look back on it uh, at this age and say, hey, you know, sit in the front of the class, uh, connect with your eyes and, and form these relationships. but. It's almost counterintuitive in high school when you go through, I remember in high school thinking like, you know, the teacher, rather than being a partner throughout the education process, you're looking at them as like, oh, they're trying to get me to do things that I don't want to do and just framing it that way. Hey, work together with your teachers and, you know, you're you're trying to pull in the same direction. That's a good way to frame it for high school kids. It makes it really simple, but also achievable. All you have, you know, show up, sit in front. That's That's an easy thing to do. In terms of social um, growth and what structure do you have, or what what is the key to developing socially within the Shiloh Christian program?
1: Yeah, there's two real big components of the social the social champion um, that we're trying to develop. One is just the interaction that they have with other people, and we can go as simple as. Here's how you shake someone's hand. You're gonna you're gonna squeeze their hand and you're gonna look them in the eye and, and you're gonna you're gonna speak boldly and confidently. Those are um, social cues that that we want to make sure our, our guys are healthy in. But there's also another very productive at times, but even dangerous um, world in the in the social media world, and we want to make sure we coach them up well in that area too. So not only do we want them to develop and maintain healthy relationships with mom and dad, brother and sister and teacher and coach and teammate and classmate, but we also want them to develop healthy relationships, if you will, on social media. And that's that's the scary part. You know, that's really where we've spent more of our time over these last few years of coaching our guys up. And we have a phrase for that, too. We say. Don't send it, don't like it, don't retweet it. Um, if it's going to <clears throat> bring any harm towards you, your family, or our football team. And, um, you know, that can, be, that can be challenging as well. And we want that to be ingrained in their minds. If there's ever a question of you know, doing any of those things on social media or sending a text or a picture or whatever it may be, we want them to be above reproach and make sure before I do this on social media or before I use my technology to send this, I need to make sure it's not going to hurt me, my family, or my football team. And there's so many life lessons that, uh, you know, that we could teach through that, but just making sure they understand the the power that they have and the danger that is out there that can truly ruin your day, your week, uh, your month, your year, whatever the case may be, it Can it can – it can be very, very dangerous. We want them to know that and and to choose wisely.
0: Yeah. And it seems like social media is so difficult to manage and you don't want to be sitting there, you know, monitoring Twitter accounts and Instagram and all that stuff. But it, you know, during the pandemic, you hear from college recruiters who say, you know, we want to see film from players. We want to see what they're doing for workouts. We want to see and it, be, it can become very individual for the, hey, I want to announce, you know, I just got this offer or, or, you know, here's what my what I ran my 40 time in. And you mm-hmm. want to really use uh, social media to promote yourself, but then you want to do that within the structure of a team environment where everybody's working together and you don't want to make it so individual. Do you ever, you know, provide guidance to players to say, hey, it's it's a little too much you on your uh, Twitter. We want it to be about the team or or is oh, it, yeah. you, you well you do that
1: yeah absolutely had that conversation last week with with one of our coaches and and I was I was coaching him up to make sure he coached up the players because you know you don't want to go to you don't necessarily want to go to a player and say hey you need to stop doing this because there does there is uh, a time for you know self promotion possibly um but but we also use the scripture out of proverbs it says let someone else brag about you let right. someone else boast about you and and you know not not let that come from yourself and so we want to make sure they understand that we don't want it to uh you know we we don't want to we don't want them to think that they can't put their highlights on twitter for coaches to see right. but we still don't want them to be perceived as someone that is boasting about you know scoring this touchdown or 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 making this particular play. And so I think there's a group effort there between coach, mom and dad and the athlete. And again, we just want to do it in a way that's respectful and uh, definitely keep things in balance.
0: Sure. Yeah, and you hear from college recruiters all the time who say uh they've withdrawn uh, offers to guys or were decided not to make an offer because of what they saw on social media or how how players or, or high school athletes have represented themselves that way, so it's good to put a structure in place for that. Now, athletically, um, the development of an a, athletically as part of the culture, you know, I think every program tries to do that. What what type of resources do you have in place to make sure that happens?
1: Well, there's there's four elements to that, and obviously it's the training, and um, we have a. When I got here, I had a football coach that was also very involved in our strength program and one of the big decisions that I made when I got here is I I allowed him to be a full-time strength coach and I gave up a football coach in order to make that happen and I wanted that to happen. I wanted that for our football team but also wanted that for our girls soccer team and our track team and our volleyball team, our basketball team. And so that's it all starts really with him. You've got to have somebody that knows what they're doing. There's a lot of ways to do it, and there's also a lot of ways to do it where you're not necessarily getting the results that you need. And we're doing it the right way. We're getting great results because he's a continuous learner, and it's always seems to be changing, and you got to kind of keep up. Uh, But that's the first component is just the way that we train, the frequency in which we train, the intensity, also, he does a great job, and, and I feel like our coaches do a great job of educating our guys on how to, how to, uh, how to eat, how they are to develop their nutrition plans. And um, we spend time doing that. We talk about goals. We monitor, to a certain degree, those that are trying to either gain weight or lose weight. Um, some of our, our guys are right where they need to be, and there's a steady uh, progression, and, and we don't have to get too involved in what they're eating at certain times. But others need more. Uh, he also does a great job of teaching them how to rest and how to recover. Um, and so, the training, the resting, the nutrition, and and just the overall how they are handling the maybe the negatives uh, that are presented in their lives. Um, and it all kind of it all all four of these areas all kind of roll into one. But those are the things that we really want to stress as becoming a great athlete. You put on top of that, the skill development that we try to do out of season next month, we'll start up our position school for football and we'll start with QB school. So developing them as an athlete, in our opinion, you've got to do that in the weight room with the training. You've got to do that with our strength coach and the movement patterns and the things that we want to do in which we want to move better and more efficiently, you've got to do that with nutrition, you've got to do that with rest, and you got to do that with position-specific training. Our coaches do a great job starting in February teaching our DBs, our linemen, our running backs. Every position will have a position school where they're taught the, the knowledge um, of, the, of the position, but they're also taught the drill and the, the task that they'll have to perform on Friday nights. And so that's how we develop our, our athletes. And and when someone asks us, you know, is that lip service that you want them to be a champion athletically, or what is it that you really do? Those are the things that we really do year in and year out. And we've seen a big difference because of.
0: Now for that position specific uh, camps, how do you guarantee attendance for that? If they're playing other sports.
1: Started early in the morning. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, I mean, that's, that sounds harsh, but that's how we do it. We, yeah. we don't, you know, baseball players that play football or play quarterback, they're going to come early. Basketball players that are playing basketball, they're going to come early, and I, it doesn't matter what time. You just got to find a time in which they can be there, and it might be before school, it might be before a lift, it might be before a practice. It doesn't matter. You just, we as coaches, we can find solutions. We just got to be willing, and at Shallow, we're willing. If we got to get up early and get it in, we'll get up early and get it in. But we're not gonna, we're not gonna use the dual sport schedule as a reason for us not to develop our guys athletically.
0: You mentioned that your strength coach uh, is a you know always learning and always adding and changing what he's doing. How has his philosophy evolved? Uh, and is there anything new that he's doing in terms of uh, training, in, or that he did in 2020 that you thought really helped?
1: Yeah, I, I I could pinpoint a few of those things, um, and I don't know. I don't necessarily think that in 2020 it was much different than 2019 or 18. But I think he's on the cutting edge. I think I think others are doing what we've been doing for a few years. Hmm. And, and one of the things that I'm alluding to is, I think 10 years ago it was very important for football players to lift the four cores and and to get just as brute strong as you could possibly be. And maybe if you erred on one side or the other, it was maybe you erred on making sure they were able to squat and clean and, and bench or deadlift or whatever your your cores were. I think where we've gotten to at this point is, man, you, you really have to be able to move. You have to have that functional strength. You've got to be able to, to, to tackle and to block on the move. And so a lot of the things that we've evolved to, we spend a whole lot more time moving. Um, I can remember back when January and February used to be the let's don't, let's don't burn calories running, (laughs) you know, let's don't burn calories uh, moving fast and, and creating a cardio workout, let's make sure we're lifting and we're eating and we're putting on as much weight as we can. There's, there's a season for that. There's value in that. But I think where we've gotten better is we want to do that, but we also want to move. And if we have to err on one side or the other, we're not going to, we're going to make sure that we're, we're doing both of those. And, um, you know, and I think it's, I think it shows, I think we're, we're as explosive or more explosive than anybody that we play. And that's not necessarily from the genetics that we have on our team. I really think our guys, look fast, they play fast. Um, I think they, you know, our our injuries have decreased year after year. And um, yeah, I really think that a lot of that's because of Coach Weddle and what he's been doing and the way that he does it year round. I I really feel like the product that we've been able to put on the field is a highly functional athlete. And um, so we're, again, we're we're thankful that we have him and we're excited for what he's going to continue to do with our athletes.
0: Yeah. that Now, when you say you want them to move, uh, is that like plyometrics or is that, you know, interval training or, um, you know, like CrossFit functional workouts or what, what type of workouts are they moving in?
1: Well, like I said earlier, there's there's many ways to do it. And I think comprehensively there. Yeah, there's there's times when I when I observe him doing a little bit of all of those things. Hmm. Um, and I think there really is a method. To his madness, and um, I think once you're at a place, you really have to figure out what that program needs to look like for your athletes, because everybody's athletes might be slightly different. Um, you might have, you, you may be at a school where you've got um, a nutritional deficit. Maybe they're not getting the the nutrition that they need, and, and it's a, that that can present a an issue. You might. be at another place where you know they're affluent and they they eat fine but maybe they overtrain maybe they are spending money on a trainer and maybe they're running or lifting too much and so what i think coach well has done here is he has he's evaluated all those um, those areas all of those variables and he's come up with a way to create a program that's fit for the shallow christian athlete and uh so to answer your question a little bit of all of those things, we we will partake in, in each of those things that you talked about, to what degree and to to how long and to what intensity, that's going to depend on him and where he thinks our athletes are at that particular season of their life. Hmm.
0: Yeah, that's good. It's a, it's, it's a constant evaluation for, you know, it's not a set in stone program where, hey, every year we're going to do the same thing. That's good that he's um, accounting for, you know, where the deficits are and the strengths and everything like that. Now you mentioned earlier some consequences for guys who are falling short in the in the team culture category which is you know pushing the sled 300 yards um and things like that what what are some of the rewards you'll you'll provide your players when they're succeeding and uh living by this team culture
1: We we love uh, celebrating and every Monday after a victory, we're going to celebrate. We're going to take time out of our Monday plan and we're going to make sure we celebrate. And we do that with, with fun things like, you know, the championship wrestling belts, the hard hats, the uh, sledgehammer. I mean, we got all kinds of resources and, and, and tools that we, we pass out and we honor guys because of their, their desire to be a champion. So we definitely don't want to only hold them accountable to, to be excellent. We want to reward them when they are. So that's that's always fun on Mondays. The other thing that I feel like we've done is whatever you measure, you probably are going to have a higher chance of achieving. And so we want these things to be measurable. If you don't have a D or an F and, you, and you, you're doing well in the classroom and you're doing those things that we've asked you to do, well, your reward is – you don't have to push the sled 300 yards. And so, you know, the things that the they see the other guys do, that to me, that is in itself a reward. But I really think maybe the, the best thing that we do is at the end of the year, our banquet once was let's give an offense, a defense, a special teams award to the guy that performed best in those three areas. We also spend a lot of money on giving out the academic awards. Like I said, we had 19 guys that we presented a, an award to at our football banquet just because they had a 4.0 or better in the, in the fall semester. And so we want to honor them. And when we, we have those opportunities, we're going to honor them. We're going to speak uh, life into them and about them when they are achieving success in the classroom and, uh, so there, there's a lot of different ways that you can do that. I feel like the ways that we're doing it, we're uh, we're producing the re- the kind of results that we want, and um, you know we we've got to continue to find ways to to make sure we're we're honoring those guys that are doing what we're asking them to do.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Now I want to go back. You had mentioned uh, hard hats and sledgehammers and things like that. How does, how does that work? Are you giving that – are they wearing it, you know, hard hats in practice or do they carry it for the week or, you know, how does that reward process work?
1: We pass them out in the locker room on Monday and, and we give them a, a round of applause, if you will. Um, we, we take their picture, we put it on social media, and they get to keep the items for that particular week. Um, and then at the end of the year at the banquet – We again, we honor a lot of those things. We give out those awards, and we we honor them in front of our entire football family, our parents, our administration. Uh, There are guys that get that, you know, our core values. We've got core values, and and so you know, Monday is our enthusiasm core value. We gave out the enthusiasm award. Tuesday is our brotherhood core value. We gave out a brotherhood award. So just honoring those things that we want our culture to be about. Uh, the categories and the the characteristics of what we would consider a winning culture. We want to make sure it's, it's articulated. Well, it's, it's also rewarded when, you know, I think we're in a place right now where our, our guys, whether they see it truly for what it is or not, that doesn't really bother me Eventually they will, but you know, I, I really feel like they're, they're, they're embracing who we are, uh, and why we do what we do because they're seeing the kind of results that we're getting.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And that reminds me, like culture is a tough thing. It's it's not tangible. You know, it's one of those things that everybody wants to have a great culture. But um, if you walk into another team, it, it would be tough to say, "Hey, this is a great culture this year." You know, with just just by looking at the team. How do you know uh, when the culture is working versus when it's not working it is, is it as easy as wins and losses or is it you know when the culture is not great, you've got 10 guys pushing the sled like how, how do you how do you see if it's working?
1: I think you can tell when your culture is working when you're getting the behavior that you want from your coaches, your players, your parents when you' when you're getting the behavior that you want, and you're getting buy-in, and the things that are most important to you, when those things are a reality, I think you've got a, I think you've got a, a healthy culture. And who's to determine what a healthy culture is other than yourself? I mean, what, what is it that Nick Saban wants his culture to look like? Whatever he thinks will help him win the last game of the season is the culture that he wants. And so I, I think we are all in charge of our own cultures and there's just like the the training there's several ways to get to accomplish whatever it is you're trying to accomplish but i want i want our culture to be as many coaches and players and parents buying into the fact that if we will partner together we really can become champions academically spiritually socially athletically and if we'll if we'll just eliminate the clutter, and focus on be, being a champion in those areas, we're going to produce something really good. And when they walk across the stage in May, when they graduate, we're going to feel really good about the product that we've developed. And we like to talk to them about, you know, when you leave us, those four areas are like your wills. When you turn 16 years old, And mom and dad walk into your room and they throw you the keys and they say, go look out in the driveway and you you go out there and there's only two wheels on that truck or that car, you're going to be disappointed. And we tell them the same thing. If you graduate and only two of your wheels are going in the same direction and at the same speed, we're going to be disappointed. So we want all four of those areas, all four of your wheels healthy. We want them going in the same direction when you graduate. We want them going at the same speed, which is ultra fast. And we want you to literally drive into the next season of your life with a whole lot of resources, ready, confident, comfortable, and, and ready to go change the world for Jesus. And um, you know, so that's that's the mission. Our school's mission is developing godly leaders who will engage their culture and change it. We want these guys, when they leave us, to have four healthy wills going in the same direction so that they can go and change their culture.
0: Yeah, that's that's. It's a good metaphor. Now, the, uh, it's been interesting because we've been talking for a while and we haven't even mentioned COVID or the pandemic, which is somewhat refreshing because I feel like we've been talking to, to coaches about that for a year now. But um, was it any more difficult to present different challenges in terms of culture building due to the pandemic with guys, you know, having to space out or probably more Zooms and things like that? What, what How did you kind of um, steer through that?
1: Well, in, in the spring, when everything was shut down, the, you know what we told our guys is the one thing that's not going to shut down is shallow football, and we're going to continue to stay connected. We're going to continue our discipleship meetings. We're going to do it over Zoom. We're going to continue teaching you the fundamentals of your position. We're going to do it over Zoom. We're going to continue to work and lift and train we may have to do it over Zoom, and so we didn't, again, we we as coaches, we can provide solutions if we're willing, and my staff was willing, and we, we probably had, we added it up. We had 22 different Zooms each week for 16 straight weeks, and some of those were through weight training. Some of those were running. Some of those were discipleship. Some of those were X's and O's. Some of those were drill specifics for each position, but it doesn't matter. I mean, just Find a way, you know, find a way to coach the boys. And my staff did it. And it truly set us apart, I believe, uh, because some of the competition didn't do those things. And they, they became disengaged with their players and they didn't hold them accountable. Uh, if our guys were open and honest and they finished their workout that Coach Weddle sent them, we gave them points for it. And if they reached a certain amount of points for that particular week or month, we we honored them. We got them all T-shirts. Um, So you can find ways if you want to, you know, and and, uh, even when you're not on campus and you're not face-to-face with your players, they didn't make excuses. We didn't make excuses. We found ways to continue training and to continue learning, continue growing. And uh, it was weird. It was odd. We had to do it, you know, over a screen, over a laptop or a cell phone, but we did it and we made it work. And it was, it was a lot of fun. We grew, um, If it ever happened again, I think we're we're obviously extremely ready and uh, there's no real reason why we can't keep doing what we're doing.
0: That's great. Yeah, I mean, that was kind of the theme of 2020. Find a way to make it happen. And it sounds like you did a great job with that. In terms of fundraising, a lot of uh, schools lost money on the gate receipts this year. They didn't have fans at games. They weren't able to have their typical golf scrambles or face to face fundraisers is there anything that you did this year that helped kind of offset those losses?
1: Yeah, we did. We didn't, uh, we didn't fundraise a lot this year, just because we knew that there are some that have done really well through all of this. And there are some that have done, have not done really well through all this. So to ask and to, you know, to put together a fundraiser that wasn't high on my priority list. Um, But when the season ended we had a very creative way of accumulating the loss. Um, the Walmart Foundation does a match you know, on Martin Luther King Day. They did a match where um, if a consumer donated towards a 501c3 or a foundation or you know donated towards uh, an entity, they would match it two to one. And so, you know, when I when I left the public when I was at the public school, we had a five hundred one c three we had a foundation where people could give to and it was tax deductible. Here at Shiloh, we have the same thing. And so, what we did is we asked our parents to consider donating to through the Walmart Foundation on MLK Day, and everything that they donated to us, Walmart would match. And so that was our fundraiser for the for the season. We uh, with a strong donation they matched it they doubled it Uh, if you're a walmart associate they would triple it and we were able to to raise over a hundred thousand dollars very very quick in one day as a matter of fact just because uh, we got the word out we asked for a good cause we wanted to to redo our weight room Uh, we've not done that in a while and so we wanted some new equipment we wanted to repair some things in the weight room and um, and that was our that was our fundraiser so it was, uh, it was light on, uh, our kids. It was light on our coaches and our parents, but it was very effective in the end.
0: That's great. Now, in terms of new technology, um, you know, you said you had some weight room improvements Was is there, is there any new technology that you're, you've found in, in the last year or so that has helped your program?
1: Yeah, absolutely. We, we were very pleased that back in the winter we met with just play, um, And Just Play is is an app that we were able to upload our playbooks, we are able to upload video, we are able to upload just really all of our teaching tools in a way for our coaches and all of our players. And when I say players, I'm saying even youth league players. We had second and third graders that had this app, and uh, they're learning our terminology, they're learning our plays, they're learning the fundamentals associated with their positions. So we we invested into uh, Just Play at, at, at the right time, and we had that all set up, you know, right before the, the pandemic hit. And so when we did disperse, and we could not meet face to face, we had that ready, and we maximized that opportunity. We we did a lot of things that we could not have done uh, through that piece of of technology. And so we were very thankful that we had it. Uh, anyone that's looking into something like that, I think that's a, that's definitely a good one to look at. There's others out there, but we were very pleased with Just Play and the, the resources and the, the opportunities that they gave us to continue to teach even when we weren't face-to-face. Another big one was CoachCom. We've got a partnership with CoachCom, and we got new headsets, and, and we've started wearing the headsets at practice, during practice. And so me and the coaches could communicate so much more efficiently, uh, the headsets are light, uh, the belt pack is light, and so it's like having a walkie-talkie on your hip and a, and an earpiece or a, a headphone on one of your ears. Um, that was really big for us. It sounds, maybe it sounds odd, but when we started wearing the headsets in practice, we started becoming even more efficient with our practice times, our communications, our transitions, our personnel, and uh, we loved it. So we kept doing it all season long and Third thing that I'll mention is Coachcom also has some player receivers that we were able to put on our players. Not all of them, but eight, or, six or eight of them. And uh, basically, the device is a—it's a small miniature radio that you put in a sleeve. You velcro it around the arm, and so I was able to communicate with our sophomore quarterback. All day, every day, it didn't matter if it was he was on the fifty and I was on the sideline, or if it was me standing behind him during scale. It was just a great way for me to once again just enhance that communication with with a player that uh, I might have had to slow practice down in order to do that, or I might have had to take a I might have had to take a different spot on the field to do that. Uh, but those player receivers from Coach Com really opened up another avenue for us to communicate on a much higher level so those three uh, pieces of technology really in my opinion separated us and and made us uh, very effective during practice that's great
0: yeah the the receivers are that was kind of us i think coach comp just added that in the last year and it kind of worked out timing wise with covid because you're trying to space it out at practice but you still need to communicate so that was a good addition. You mentioned, mentioned just play. Are there any other apps that you use for coaching huddle or anything like that?
1: We absolutely use huddle. Yeah. We're, we're very much, um, you know, my staff does a, does a great job with huddle. I've got a guy that on staff that, that, uh, you know, huddle really should call and, and, and recruit recruiting because he knows huddle inside and out. Um, but yes, we use huddle. Um, I'm sure there's, there's some others that, um, I can't, I'm not thinking of at the moment, but we we want to use any resource that we can get our hands on that will that will help us become more efficient, uh, better with our time or, or better with our process.
0: Absolutely. Well, Coach, you've been generous with your time. I want to thank you again for coming on the show. We love having state champion coaches on to talk culture. And I, I think this will be great for other coaches to listen to and learn more about your program.
1: So thanks again for the time you bet i enjoyed it thanks for what you're doing for high school football
0: thanks to coach Conway for joining the podcast and talking with us about culture he's moving away from twitter as he tries to streamline his focus toward a repeat bid at a state championship but you can follow the shiloh christian football program at shiloh saints fb that's at s-h-i-l-o-h saints fb thanks again for listening don't forget don't forget to give the pod a five-star review on your preferred platform. The FNF Coaches Podcast is an AE Engine production.